You are listening to the Ghostlight Podcast, Season 3, Episode 3, The Promised End. This is it, folks. Episode 6. 6. Season 3, Episode 6. It sure is. Poor Paul. He did that in the middle of the night. We're leaving that in. This is it, folks. (laughs) (laughs) What are we going to do with you, Paul? You and your fucking sleep schedule. You scholars of English, one question I'll ask. To answer, you won't find a difficult task. Of Shakespeare's great heroes, which one would you pick? To award him first prize for being totally tick. Othello, you know, was a gullible dupe. And Hamlet's delaying landed him in the soup. But the stupidest moron in all of Shakespeare was that old king of England, the man they call Lear. Welcome back to the uh, Ghostlight Podcast. Uh, I'm Paul Mackey, here in Elk River, and going around the uh, country before coming back to Elk River, we've got uh, Ben Pfeiffer in Chicago. Hi. And we have Amy Bowen in Omaha. Hello. And right back here, about uh, maybe six inches away, or less, we have my lovely wife, Darcy. Hello, and I am not sitting in his lap. (laughs) So, uh... How has everyone been? We've actually gone, uh, what, what, like a, a week between recordings? Two weeks? Something like that? I have no idea. Yeah. I actually released an episode, okay. which was, uh, Yay. you know, two months since the previous episode, but recorded during Easter. Was it really? <laughs> you had me tasting uh-huh. cream egg, or tasting uh, um, Cadbury eggs while uh, drinking beer. Was this the one that I was not on? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, you were on uh, by, by, via uh, remote uh, future. Mail. Back from the I, future. Uh, I blast from the past. Okay. Back from the future. Yes. Yes, we covered I like that. that. I like the joke. Yes. Or back from Machu Picchu. Yes. 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 <laughs> I just I have to say it that way. I can't say it nor I have to say Machu Picchu. And there was a documentary on and it, there was. <laughs> the last, kids last kids were amused because we kept saying Machu Picchu. Yeah. <laughs> it's very interesting. Oh, uh, yep. There's Iris. All right. Well, uh, we could launch into this. I've got some interesting things near the end. Oh, I suppose I should cover first uh, the promised end. Uh, this would be uh, from Lear, Act Five, Scene Three, at uh, Cordelia's death scene after uh, Lear enters with Cordelia cradled in his arms and has his lines. Kent says, "Is this the promised end?" Uh, which apparently means, "Is this doomsday?" Or mm-hmm. oh, interesting. That sort of thing. That makes um, sense. And it's. Uh, I have to. I have to say that I pretty much have to thank uh, No Fear Shakespeare, the website, for uh, helping me out with these things a little bit. I mean, I, I basically every every quote that I found was featured on their site, and then they do have a uh, a uh, left side, right side where they do real text, and then uh, the right side is is modern text. And I didn't typically need that too much, but mm-hmm. uh, but that it is where it is where all of these quotes ended up being found every time because I think they might be one of the mm-hmm. only sites that's that's posting all of all of the plays hmm. i think i've been on that site actually um one of my bands is we're still trying to think of a name and oh. one of the names we came up with was the port of mars which is a shakespeare quote oh. and i looked it up what that meant and it, i use the you know old english to modern english translation to figure it out but oh, yes. we ended up not going with it so oh. i liked it because it sounded like a spaceport on the planet mars but it's really about being warlike Oh, that mm-hmm. totally makes sense. Yeah, I can That's see true. that. I don't think you guys are warlike. You don't seem like a warlike type of guy. Maybe warlock. No, I'm just kidding. Well, this band is like <laughs> the least aggressive band that I'm in. So. Aw, so sweet. Right now, Pages and Pages is our uh, our name. Okay. So. Oh, like That's that. a good choice, too. Yeah. So is it 
So is any of your music uh, literature related or anything or just – We have two no. songs. Um, so one of my bands is called The Bannerman. Uh-huh. And uh, that's just a Game of Thrones reference. And uh, two of the songs in there are about comic book characters. So that's kind of oh, cool. That's a form of literature. Sure. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Thor and Iron Fist and Tangent Bell. No. <laughs> I, I'm enjoying this. Hey, I don't know when we're going to get to chat again. This, yeah. this, this covers, it covers you personally, and we're still in the, uh, in the uh, opening uh, discussion. Yeah. Well, we're good. Well, then, go to yeah. soundcloud.com slash living on the air to hear some of my ah. musical impressions. There we go. Yay. Or bandcamp.bannerman. All right. Well, I think I'd better uh, stop uh, pussyfooting around and do my 60 seconds, eh? All right. (laughs) (laughs) Who's 12 today? (laughs) I'm 12 every day. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Machu Picchu. Machu Picchu. What do I want? Uh, You want me to time me, Paul? Yeah, you could. Yeah, yeah you should uh, time him because he's going to yeah. cheat. Let me get my phone. Hang Good on. plan. I can tell Paul's a cheating type of guy there, aren't you? Sure. Sure. No, you've never cheated. I have my doubts that I will achieve. No, that's a lot of notes you have there, buddy. Oh, hey. Oh, hey. Oh, hey. Oh, hey, I'm girl. doing this off the top of my head. <laughs> I always read my notes. I have to do notes, too. I just can't remember. I figure, you know, I'm 40 years old. I should be able to have a little sheet. All right, I'm back. You're less than 40, aren't you? Yes, yes, I am. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) That was the right thing to say. Good boy. (laughs) All right, you ready, Paul? Uh, I'm ready. Count me in. I will count you in on, um, let's see, what should I count you in on? On uh, Big Dick. Right. <laughs> One, two, three, Big Dick. Good news. Production insurance will cover the cost of canceling. Bad news. Jeffrey must resign. Nobody wants Jeffrey to sign the resignation. Even Oliver touches Jeffrey. Uh, Ellen and Barbara bite off each other's heads. The rest of the cast is sad, too. And Frank says the most he ever says. Uh, Charles gives a death scare, but instead they go to a peculiar bowling alley. And Charles has an epiphany and has to do Lear. Uh, Richard does machinations to seize power thanks to Archer's advice and eventually installs Darren Nichols as artistic director. Jeffrey cobbles together a leer. Maria thinks all but Barbara and Ellen are a total lock. Uh, Ellen's on a TV show where the Whedon writer's room joke of astronaut versus caveman comes to life. Uh, Jeffrey gets to do, uh... Gets her to do the leer and talks to Bar- and gets her to talk to Barbara for him, which she does. They both show, as Jerry shows as well, but he has some problems being clearly. Uh, Jeffrey must go on as Kent. He doesn't cry, but he does freeze up a bit. The leer goes well. Oliver leaves, takes Charles along. Uh, Jeffrey has wood. Paul gets wood when he sees a woman perform, and Jeffrey gets to sum up all stories in a monologue with a surprise wedding at the end. Oh, and Anna is fired and Richard is solus. One fourteen. Ooh, that was you, man, good. you almost did it. Very nice. That was awesome. I like. Um, I don't know if you did it on purpose, but when you talked about uh, the guy not being able to speak well, like you fest- you messed that up as well. I tried like, to. Uh, yes. I don't know if you did it on purpose. But oh it yes. No, I tried. Well. I tried. Good night, All right. I will say before we jump into this, I do think that this is probably the most well written of all of the episodes that we have seen. Oh, you know, they had to put a lot into it because they yeah. had so much to tie up. So well, it's exactly. never and easy. It's usually how season finales go. Yeah. Yes. But it did make me sad. Successfully, yeah. I hope. 
Huh? I hope that's, I mean, that's, that's oh, definitely that was, a goal. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I don't like being sad. But you don't like being sad. I really don't. Okay. Well, it, it is a little bit of a of a bummer episode to wrap it all up, mm-hmm. to, I suppose. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Shall we launch in? And I okay. do have, like I said, some other things to say. I've got some notes at the end, too. Okay. Sure. All right. Uh, we open in the taped co- in a taped conference meeting with an insurance claims administrator or adjuster or something like that. Uh, Jeffrey, Richard, and Anna are there as well. Uh, 2.17 million dollars is the claim for production insurance uh, about canceling Lear. They uh, lay out all the basic facts of who knew what and when they knew it. Anna breaks down when admitting she knew about the cancer but didn't tell Richard. And Jeffrey claims that Charles's potential performance justified his lies. Uh, this all appears to be a formality, though. The insurance man says the claim is valid. Richard wasn't negligent. Anna is to be reprima- reprimanded. And Jeffrey is to sign a handy print- pre-printed letter of resignation. Richard claims indign- indignation, and Oliver tries to talk sense into him, but Jeffrey insists on signing the letter. Oliver even physically blocks Jeffrey from trying to take the letter. Yeah, you said that in your uh, in your little speech did he is there is it significant that he actually touched him or did he actually touch him it's i mean it he, seemed he, real he did he did seem to actually touch him and, yeah. and it he is, touched jeffrey or jeffrey. he touched richard jeffrey just jeffrey just jeffrey okay. De- jeffrey, jeffrey, pulled jeffrey his arm back. yeah jeffrey went for it and and he Slapped knocked his, his arm, arm yeah. away all right but that's okay because they do interact yes yeah and i believe because they have the physically interacted. imagination so yeah his ghosts aren't real there you go could be <laughs> Oliver says that uh, he is running away like he always does and then begs him not to leave, but Jeffrey does sign the letter and pretty much says he doesn't want to see Oliver anymore. I'm going to bullshit in there. Try not to directly quote anything uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. as much as possible. No. Uh, not that I, I didn't have the uh, it's fucking bullshit in there. Just as a quote. Bullshit. <laughs> mm. I, about this part, are we, yeah, we are on the scene in Richard, I mean, in, yeah. in the office yes. after the insurance discussion, which... I am must be totally ignorant about insurance because I was like, "What in the world is going on here? And who is this guy? Is there is there like a legal lawyer thing going on? No, not quite. Not not exactly. So, thank yeah, you. yeah, it is an insurance uh, meeting. Um, I'm not as as familiar who, with why what would why I well I'm not as familiar with the with the world of theater. There's I know a little about that. A little bit about production insurance. I know that um, I know that movies. Uh, when they when they go forward, they always, if they're a major studio production, have to have completion insurance, which basically says, you know, here's 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 insurance. If the movie for some reason cannot be completed, you get this much payout as you know that sort of thing. Yeah. And to pay all the actors, to pay the debts, to yeah, pay to the pay the debts, debts and, the investors, okay, and and probably to pay some some amount of loss. I mean, there's a loss of revenue that they mm-hmm. they probably pay against as well. Right. So, so the two point one seven million is to pay all of the expenses from the show and to probably offset some of the loss of the uh, ticket right. revenue. Now, um, for like some regional mm-hmm. theaters, um, I know that uh, when I've been involved with they they carry. Um, I think it's like t- two to three separate policies, mm. depending. So there's like one that's it's the structure. Okay. And then there's one that's like liability on claims from people outside, mm-hmm. and liabil- And then there's another one liability claims people inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's 
as far as this one, it's a it's a nonprofit, so I don't believe they carry it for the production. But I do know that bigger theaters tend to do that. Um, and I can't say that I know of any theater that has ever had to make a claim against something that wasn't like a physical loss, yeah, or a um, an injury or something to that effect. I've never known that, you know, a production didn't go on. Um, and that was something I kind of had a problem with in this is that they couldn't get anybody to step in because you can always get somebody to step in. There's, well, I think that was mm-hmm. just, just That's right. yeah. for dramatic purposes only. Exactly. Not, not for reality. So there would have been no insurance and there would have been no... I mean, they, yeah, they, 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 they would have... They would have had an understudy or an understudy of an understudy, as we've said in mm-hmm. previous as we've said in previous seasons. You've we've got... said this in both <laughs> of the previous two season finales yes. and episodes right before the season finales. Yes, between... where are all the understudies and people who want to step in and play these main yes. three of the main practically tr- roles? Cyril Do you mean to call in? the understudy? Yeah, I can't go on. Really? Frank, Frank always wanted to play Lear. He said it in a previous episode. Yeah, and I was thinking, yeah. why didn't they get him, or why didn't they go back to last season? What was the guy's name? That um, Macbeth, Henry Breedlove. No, not him. Oh, the, maybe the, it was the, him. Oh, Brian. The, Brian. The, the, that's the, the, oh, yeah. yeah. Why didn't they just go grab Brian? You know, there would have been, would have been somebody who knew that well enough that they could have gotten it down in a week and done it. Yes, in reality, they would have been able to open that show, fire Jeffrey. You know. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it, it, and you know. Even and if, I've known, I've known of firing the director in tech rehearsal. Yeah. That I've seen that happen, and it's it's a disaster. But you take a couple extra days, and you do it. It works. Yeah. Uh, Anna isn't any happier accepting the letter, but they share a goodbye hug, and Jeffrey leaves. Ellen and Barbara are both trying to leave town. They fight. Ellen says exactly what she thinks of Barbara, and Barbara laments their apparently dead friendship. The cast has right. assembled in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Anything? Oh, no, it's, just, it's interesting to see two points. It's, it was cool that uh, the only person Jeffrey said goodbye to was Ellen. I thought that was sweet. And then... Uh, and Anna, yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. Yep. I get, they look the same. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Good excuse. You know, all of those white chicks look the same. No, Canadian chicks. <laughs> <laughs> Who are over... Well, anyways. Uh... And then it was it was interesting that that during that scene with Ellen and Barbara, Barbara was trying to kind of salvage it. So that was interesting as well too. Anyways, that's it. Yep. Okay. I actually do have one. I'm, I know we're jumping all over the place, but I just had to say in here, it really made me happy to see that Richard is a hundred percent supportive of Jeffrey's position as artistic director now and doesn't want him to resign. I didn't well, like Richard very much for the last two episodes, but I like him right now. I Go ahead, Ben. I think I think that he oh. uh, was saying some of those things. Again, I don't want to steal quotes or anything, but right. uh, I think that he was saying that. Like, uh, I think that he really wanted Jeffrey to quit. Like, I think that that's mm-hmm. what. He, and but he, the way that he was doing it, he was laying it on way too thick. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I think it was kind of like to, when he says later on in the episode about I don't fire friends. I think that's kind of like a little bit of that. But um, I think it was so thick that it was like, yeah. I mean, I don't. That he he secretly wanted him to quit. Or whatever. I, I, yeah, I don't think he had. I don't mm-hmm. think he had the. Uh, the germ of the plan that Archer plants later at all, uh-huh. but yeah. he definitely wasn't. Okay. 
but I, but I don't, yeah, I don't think he was sincere. No, I didn't, I didn't get sincere off of that at all. I thought that was totally him just trying to say what he's supposed to say in his role. Right. As, you know. There you go. Okay. Thanks. I, uh, that's an opinion, of course. Of he, course, he, he could be. He could be sincere. He could have been sincere, but I didn't catch it. Or maybe I'm just such a skeptic that <laughs> that you're not gonna. Yeah, I didn't believe catch in it. The I, best of people. Uh, maybe I just don't do that. Maybe that's 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 an own personal flaw of mine. There Perhaps. we go. Perhaps. Hey. Holding the grudge. I can do it for like thirty years, dude. I've heard that. <laughs> Okay, uh, it's almost a tangent, but not quite. The uh, cast has assembled in the studio theater, waiting for Ellen and Barbara to show, but Jeffrey comes in and says he's pretty sure that they're not going to show, or maybe he doesn't even say it, but in any case, uh, Jerry showed up, he had his jaw uh, wired or stitched shut, but uh, by a note to Maria, he says he's ready to understudy. But Jeffrey tells <laughs> the cast about the cancer, about the cancellation, and about his own resignation. Uh, Frank and Cyril don't take it terribly well. They, uh, this is, that was sweet. Yes, mm-hmm. quite good. After Maria releases them, Paul tries to talk to Sophie. That goes nowhere at all. I mean, it's a high and a high, and that's it. But uh, we it almost feels like it doesn't need to be there because it gets yeah. covered some more later on. Right. There's always this in all three seasons. There's uh, the quote unquote young people falling in love thing. It seems like yeah yeah. What happened? Was it what was it in the second season? It was obviously Jack and Rose in the first one, or Jack and whatever. <laughs> oh, well, the second Kate. one it was the um, what was the gay guy and Juliet? Yeah, it was Romeo. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. See, we don't we never remember the names Dead of the no. actors playing the roles. I never oh, well. remember yeah. anybody's name for that matter. So. Yeah, what was the gal from uh, Warehouse Thirteen? Her, of course. And the guy. Right. From something else. <laughs> yeah, him. Slings and arrows. Yeah, he was on slings and arrows. I, I know that. Yeah. Wow, I should remember that. That's right. Naomi places a canceled placard on the show posters, and Jeffrey tries to visit Charles in the hospital, but finds the bed empty. Uh, I think they were. I think they were trying for a mislead for a minute or so, where you're yeah. meant to. Wonder. I think they absolutely oh, were. Absolutely. And I did wonder. Go ahead, Darcy. If he was dead. <laughs> If he was dead and, and, and if ghost, Jeffrey was talking right? to Ghost Charles. That's what I Right, thought. right. Because yep. he was dressed. Why are you dressed? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I totally did wonder. And I kept wondering until if he was a ghost until a later point in the episode, which I will tell you when we get to it. Sure. See, I, I uh, was talking to Paul right away. Yeah. I was like... Because when they were bowling, I'm like, you don't, he doesn't roll. He's dead. Does he roll? Well, he doesn't roll. He's a, you don't doesn't. see him roll. Oh, he just sits there. He just sits there. You don't see him. No, roll he rolls when they're bowling. Did he roll? Did he roll on screen? At the very, very, very beginning, he gets a strike. Okay. On screen. Oh. Okay. And then Jeffrey gets a split after that. Okay. No, he definitely rolls. A ball. Okay. So, okay. So I couldn't. I was like, is he? Is he? And then I was trying to see if he was going to roll, but then I think maybe by that point I've already forgotten via the silence or something. I don't know. Yeah. I was that gonna... <laughs> he had hey, don't rolled. mix. Don't mix. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Right. <laughs> silence. Sorry. Uh, so, the, but they don't. Yeah, they don't really milk that too long, really. If, if you if you uh, believe that Charles is actually bowling, then then they're you know which which obviously it seems like the, he really is uh, that then they're not milking it for long. The the mislead. 
I, I worked some Google Foo because I was I was uh, trying to figure out exactly what was going on. They are playing a variant game that's peculiar specifically to Canada called Five Pin Bowling, which is why uh, Jeffrey's yeah. was which is why the big split that Jeffrey has is called a one five instead of a seven ten. Exactly. I was wondering that too. I was like, "That looks like that doesn't look like a one five. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which bo- actually a one five would be very easy to hit. If exactly. You're doing ten, ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it's five pin. They're arranged in a V, and uh, basically it was developed by a Toronto uh, bowling alley proprietor when people were saying ten pins too strenuous. Can we do something a little easier? <laughs> we got to get drunk. That's right. It's really hard to hit the pins after we've drank all this stuff. <laughs> and after I did that, I, I worked further to figure out this is probably the Shamrock Bowl in the Danforth, which is a neighborhood in Toronto. Mm. But mm. I used to have a friend that lived in a uh, in reality apartment, a real a real, a real friend that lived. No, in, no, no. <laughs> the bowling alley. Yes, is the bowling real. alley is real. It's the Shamrock Bowl. It's I actually a friends. It's actually a event center bowling alley. You can't just walk in and go bowling. Mm. You have to rent it out. Okay. And uh, hmm. yeah, it's on the third floor of a of an old hotel building. Weird. That'd be a loud hotel. Yeah, I don't know. We went to a billiards hall on the second floor of a of a apartment building. I think I did. I did. Oh, I, I did. Don't think I did. I did. Well, I, I think went. That we, was after. Royalty. Yeah, Mike and Sin. Hmm. Mike and Sin and me. I guess. Charles recites from Lear has an epiphany that he must do the Lear again completely. Like, mm-hmm. is it really that much of an epiphany? I mean, he's had this like revelation four or five times already this season. Right. Yeah, well, this is, I, mean, I suppose it's may, maybe not be a fully an epiphany, but he does definitely have some manner of insight and decides, hey, really, I, I, I really do need to do this again. Right, and I did uh, think I, to myself, again. Yeah, exactly. So. When he gives this little monologue and he does a little bit of a soliloquy or whatever, um, one of the sound effects is a cat meowing, and I don't know why. I but heard that too. I was like, why is, I don't know well, why it was there, but it was there. At first I thought, what cat is uh, hungry or wants something? And then I was In like, no, house. I was yeah. part of the show. So, I don't know. It was, because I don't have a cat. Okay. So that's why plants are talking to me. Well, if your cats are, your plants are meowing at you, we got issues, dude. <laughs> Maybe. I didn't notice. I didn't notice. I, I assumed that there was supposed to be, you know, there were there were definitely other people bowling and cheering and such. Uh, yes. It, it's, I, I'm sure that it was really actually a cat if you heard both heard a cat. I but. heard a cat. Well, I think, no, it. I, I did too, and I think that it was actually post-production audio, Paul. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. But uh, speaking of those other people bowling, there is some very funny extra bad acting happening in the background during this scene. I Particularly a high five that goes very awkwardly. <laughs> That's about it. That's how all my high fives are. Very awkward. <laughs> very awkwardly and staged. Yes. It looks like you've done it probably 20 times. Probably. It looks It looks very silly. You gotta watch the elbow. I, yeah, I have trouble yep, with exactly. that elbow. Nope, totally. say you gotta watch the elbow, but... Uh, I... You'll always land it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Richard apologizes to Mr. Archer about the meeting. Archer might be broken up about his marriage, might not be. Apparently he's got other agendas as well. Uh, (laughs) When Archer finds out that Jeffrey has resigned, he lays out a plan for Richard to seize power. Mm -hmm. I I keep wondering why he would want to do that. Maybe because he can't do it himself and is using Richard as a proxy. Maybe so he can seize power later so that Richard will owe him a favor. He seems like that kind of yeah, it seems like uh, he might have more schemer. more agenda than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. 
I was and I was kind of surprised. He's been we haven't seen him on screen all season, and yeah. suddenly here he is. I think he was in maybe the first episode, but yeah. Yeah, except for the yeah, I think you're right. Kind of like that witch in the last. Uh, <laughs> it was only in two episodes. Yeah. Yes. She was awesome. That's one word. No. <laughs> and creepy. Okay. Jeffrey, meanwhile, tries to lay out to Charles what their obstacles are in mounting Lear at this point, not the least of which is any actors appearing may never work at New Burbage again. And mm-hmm. and he asks how he thinks he can do the show all the way through. He's not done it yet. He's not done it yet. <laughs> which is true. Charles mm-hmm. says that he tells himself he can, pretty much. Again, I feel yep. like we've heard this before. but Yeah. It all seems like basically what happened before. But Charles is having a... You know, I mean, I, I've heard of various illnesses where people have a surge of of clarity and a surge of energy during the day or so before they pass. That's true. Yeah. Hmm. I never heard of that. That's, yeah. that's something thought... that's, that's something that's anecdotal among nurses all over the place. That they'll they'll have. I mean, that someone who is who is complete. I mean, maybe not full on Alzheimer's, but someone who's suffering from some dementia mm-hmm. will suddenly be like, I know everybody and I know everything that's going on for like a day or so. And then it's gone, and it goes, and they fade out. Yep. Interesting. Uh, the insight he said he had was, I rephrased it in my own words. He thinks he can do it now because of the insight he had in that last scene at the bowling alley about yeah. no one really thinks they're going to die. Not Lear, not even Charles himself. Mm-hmm. Yep. So cat meow. Interesting. Then the cat meow. No, I agree. I, I I had the same exact reaction, Amy. Okay. Jeffrey goes back to the church, working with his uh, doctor, his counselor, on finding performance space there, where the brownies normally congregate. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was pretty ingenious. I did, too. Yeah, as, no, some, it was good. as someone who goes to a church that where we have a Boy Scout troop that meets there, of course, we use that hall for other things, too, like uh, YMCA basketball. It doesn't have a stage, but... Right. Use it. It's big enough. You could put a small stage in there if you really wanted to. And I thought that was very, very clever. We don't have a venue, but I've been going to this church. Do you want to know? Yeah, it's likes- a nice-looking space. It is a really nice yeah. space. Uh, just a side note: the Stepping theater I'm involved theater. with. It's yeah. the other way around. It's a, it was a church originally. They bought it, redid it, remade it up into a theater. But guess who they rent to every Sunday? They rent not just one. They have several that come in and use Uh the space. So that's that's kind of how they make some money on the side. Yeah, I mean, and they pretty much rescued that place from the wrecking ball. It was closed and boarded up for a long time. Yeah, that it was going down. It it, like the roof was huge disrepair. It was full of asbestos. Yeah, the roof, the roof, the roof was on fire. It wasn't on fire, but it could have been. We don't need no water. Let the motherfucker burn. Something like that. Yeah. Burn, motherfucker, burn. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I almost tangent belled you. Almost. We almost got there. <laughs> but we'll, we'll, we'll stay reined in. Anna brings Richard a stack of resumes from prospective artistic directors he has no intention of even considering. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert. I like this little uh, montage. Yeah, spoiler alert. He's not going to consider these people. She attempts to reass- reaffirm her friendship with Richard... Eh, to some level of success, but he still asks her to make to make coffee for him. Yeah, what mm-hmm. a dick. Big dick. Yep, big mm-hmm. dick. Paul tries again to talk to Sophie and uh, attempts to say that he was clueless, stumbles all over himself, and she doesn't want to hear any of this. And then she suggests that she, Paul, and Megan should all go out for a drink. Good idea? Sure. Not, not sure, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Not sure if that's a good idea, but uh, there you go. Excuse me? No, I'm just oh. writing myself some notes. <laughs> okay. Apparently I can't write notes as we go here. Well, you've uh, written notes in the past, <coughs> things about our children's health that I wasn't I, able I would to... Have, I would have put it in front of your face if it was for you to see. It's no, it's not for me to see. Personally. All right. Mm-hmm. Minor tangent. Don't write notes, guys. <laughs> Richard, with Anna at his side, interviews a series of candidates. Uh... And yep. the, the the first candidate actually is a uh, is a fairly well known Canadian actor. Right? As as a uh, mild aside, he's in a he's in a TV show that's called uh, Republic of Doyle. That's more recently, and he was he's performed in the past with Soul Pepper Theater Company, which is Susan Coyne and uh, and uh, Martha Burns. Martha I think? Burns. Martha is Burns right? Theater Company. Yes, you're correct. That was the that was the name that was in my head earlier today and, and went away. Uh, but he was also, curiously enough, was on a uh, article that I just read um, last night when I was searching on his name that was published on August 3rd of this year that he is one of ten actors that they are speculating might be considered for the role of Hamlet at Stratford in 2015. <laughs> and I didn't really recognize any of the rest of the name except for Ryan Gosling, which was where they were like, you know, we got to mention a movie star. That could happen. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. Well... That's what the first season was about. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't write down his name. <laughs> but he's, okay. he's, he's, he's apparently fairly well known. I don't know if... I, I believe that this was before he was on his major television show. So, so was, Oh, yeah, he's been in a lot of movies. Ryan Gosling. No, no, this guy. And that major television show being the Mickey Mouse Club? No, this, this guy. Who's this, the leader no, this, of the club? <laughs> Sorry. I know, I know who you're talking about. This, this guy is on a major television show, I believe, after this. So I think right. he was just one of one of many Toronto theater cameo, uh, you know, small casting that they did. Uh, Anna's very impressed by a woman at the end of the sequence, and seems to be generally impressed throughout. But Richard, as Archer said, doesn't want another artist in the way. <laughs> Megan tells Sophie all about the fictitious chroma technique of acting at the bar. I searched all over on chroma technique. The only chroma technique I was able to find was the green screen process. Yeah. The chroma key technique. Yeah, that that was pretty hilarious. Who um who actually said there are no small parts, just small actors? Like original quote? Uh is it Shakespeare? Was it a Shakespeare quote? I don't believe so. Uh, I don't think I so. I think either. it's pro- I'm pretty sure it was an early movie guy. Was I'm it? looking it up right now. It might have been Barrymore. Could have been Barrymore. Drew Barrymore? Well, yeah. related to. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised it's if it was. on Brainy Quote and Wikipedia, mm-hmm. attributed to, hold on, I'm waiting for the page to load. Load page, load page, load page. <laughs> <laughs> well, according to Brainy Quote, it was a Russian, it was indeed an early Oh, possibly movie guy. Not Stanislavski. Named Konstantin Stan... Yes, yeah, Stanislavski. Oh, right. That's right. Yeah. All right. He is a uh, early acting method... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Got a, got a method named after him. Yeah. Yep. Go. And that that's pretty funny that she would say that, because she's just discussing... Describing, yeah. This weird other method. method. <laughs> but yeah, I think the Stanislavski method <laughs> is probably the most common. I mean, everybody yeah. has to study that in... Yeah, if you're, if you're, if you're doing acting... Theater. Yeah, if you're doing acting one, it's probably almost always Stanislavski. There's other methods that are out there that are... Real, is that the method? That's the method. Yeah, that is oh, okay. the, Where you have to be the orange. <laughs> 
I thought the method was when you use your own personal experiences to convey emotion. That's, that's yes. actually that's it. That's that's yeah. a big okay. part of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. uh, so so Megan tells her about the uh, chroma technique to Paul's bemusement and tells of her teacher's sage wisdom, which Sophie does not call out as cliches <laughs> or famous quotes from famous directors. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Also at the bar, Jeffrey slaps down flyers about the new Lear and asks Frank, Cyril, and Maria if they're in. Uh, Maria <laughs> promptly takes charge of reassembling the cast, simple enough, as many are already there at the bar. Well, real quick, mm-hmm. he's not just addressing them. He's addressing a table behind them as well, full of extras who are apparently a part of this production who start passing around the flyers too, who also are horrible uh, at being extras. And are hamming it up pretty badly. They didn't study their Stanislavski. <laughs> At one point, one guy stood up, and then uh, the next scene, he's sitting down again, and then he stands up again, which is quote unquote bad at editing, but not really. It's really him not paying attention. Yes, yeah, so paying he, attention to redo. You know, you're, if you're an extra, you're supposed to Michael try Kane. and do all of your things the exact same way. Michael Caine acting on film. Mm. The famous, famous, famous video that everyone either says you gotta watch or, or makes you watch. And what, one of the things he discusses is, is you know, if you're, if you're doing a scene and you take a puff on your cigarette at a certain point, you take the puff on the cigarette every time during all of your coverage. Mm-hmm. Right. That whole thing. Exactly. They did not watch this video. No. but is it The really- high-fiver or this man who stands. <laughs> uh, Maria points out that uh, Barbara and Ellen will be a challenge. Cut to... Jeff watching as Ellen performs against a green screen, the chroma technique, (laughs) (laughs) in a ludicrous sci-fi television show, apparently shooting in Toronto, which is, of course, not a far-fetched concept. Warehouse 13 shoots there, Mm. among others. Was this supposed to be a uh, parody of anything? I didn't really catch Uh, it. I think it was supposed to be a parody of bad sci-fi television. Other than the uh, red highlights at her tips. Yeah. I thought that was horrendous. Yeah, <laughs> and the eye makeup with the dots on the inside of your eyes. And as I mentioned yeah. in my summary, there's a uh, a uh, well-known uh, writers' room joke that actually made it into the fifth season of Angel, where the Whedon writers all had a had an ongoing fierce debate of uh, astronauts versus cavemen. <laughs> I won't go any further. I might spoil someone's quote, but uh, yeah. But there you go. Ellen tries to talk up the experience in her dressing room, but after she admits she's miserable and is finding new respect for Barbara, Jeffrey suggests he call Barbara, or better yet, meet her in person, performing in the Lear. <laughs> uh, Jeffrey turns first to honesty and then some actually flattering honesty, and she gives in. Mm-hmm. But he still needs her to talk to Barbara for him. He's not willing to go that far. <laughs> oh, Barbara. Oh, Barbara. And then yeah. Richard meets up with the board. And presents his choice of artistic director, <laughs> a spiffied up Dar- Darren Nichols. Yeah. Do you think yep. that he, because the first words out of his mouth is "Let's talk box office." Do you think he's kind of done a one eighty, mm. Darren Nichols? Yeah, yeah I, I think, think he's. He I think have. I think his discovery of the musical theater is the one thing that's going to stick, and he's not going to have. I mean, it, 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 initially he was well known for overblown special effects and and extravaganza shows. And right. then second season, he was against everything the theater was about. But I think he's come around to box office at this point. Interesting. Well, that did so well for him. Yes. So. Yeah. And he's all cleaned up. He's mm-hmm. in a he's in an ordinary suit with somewhat kempt hair and. Yep. No, no scarf. 
No scarf. Very disappointed. I know. Mm. He's he's, yeah. he's tidied up for the board. Mm-hmm. But during the meeting, an alarm sounds. <laughs> Richard goes outside and finds Anna, who says that someone must have left a door open in the costume shop. <laughs> that was a funny sequence. She says she's leaving yeah. to see the Lear. Uh, well, she see, says she's leaving to see a play, right. which we all know is mm-hmm. the Lear. Mm-hmm. Then she expresses how we all feel with simply saying the name of the artistic director. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when, I, when as soon as Richard started describing his choice to the board, I went, oh, no, I knew exactly who he was talking about mm-hmm. when he'd only gotten one sentence into it. I think I said the exact same thing. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I looked at you somewhat quizzically as though I didn't know what you were saying. Yeah, I wanted to throw a pillow at you, but it was too far out of my reach. Well, at least he didn't throw the clock at me, which was in reach. Yeah, it's a little heavy. <sighs> Richard can't even find Naum to uh, turn off the alarm for some reason. Curious, that. Mm-hmm. He was busy. Jeffrey's overseeing prep for the Lear, and the reason for that alarm at the festival becomes clear as Maria has stolen the needed wardrobe for the show. I could just, I could see her, like, walking down the street with the rack. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm going with my little Z-rack here. Just taking a little stroll. Getting them airing out the costumes. They're stinky. Yeah. 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 Normal. I've never done that. Yeah, Airing out that costumes because they're stinky. No? Never. Never had to take costumes out for a, for a spin? Never. Hmm. Uh, Neum is also there, getting Los Perdidos in place for storm sound effects. Jeffrey explains his simplified blocking strategy and attempts to start a run-through, but, uh, or at least a little, little tiny blocking practice, but Jerry mm-hmm. is not there, and only 15 minutes remain. I'm guessing those 15 minutes are until house, but uh, since the house is so small, maybe that is until curtain. Was, was there an explanation as to why Jerry didn't show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, oh, okay. He didn't. He, he, he was getting his stitches out. Yeah, he does oh, show. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Why, right. There's an explanation why he was late. Okay, okay. Yes, because he does show. You're right. um, I forgot. Because he can't talk. Yeah. Still <laughs> yeah. Marshmallows. Uh, Ellen's prepping and admits to Jeffrey that she left messages but never actually spoke to Barbara, but just then Barbara comes in. Uh, Ellen mm-hmm. tells Barbara that she quit the TV gig. And Barbara is rude. Is mildly but, rude. But, yeah. But playfully. Sort of yes. uh, joshingly rude or something, yeah. yes. Of, I understand why you her, quit. Her name is Barbara, not Josh. <laughs> I, I do get these things mixed up sometimes. Yeah, you listen you to the sure other do. show. Oh my gosh, what do we do with you? Um, I, what what's the next scene? Is uh, it with Charles talking to the audience? To, I mean, not the audience, to the rest of the cast. Yeah, the first first just uh, talking to uh, talking to Jeffrey in private mm-hmm. and ah, asking okay. for the favor. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's coming. Okay, Car- carry on then. Yes, yes. I'm getting ahead of myself. That's okay. Charles does seem quite lucid, says he is totally prepared to do the whole show, but he does ask uh, a favor, which is speaking with the cast. Mm-hmm. Um, he is gracious and polite and even jokes with Sophie. Yep, it's that scene. This is the scene where he goes into the room where the most of the cast is and talks to all of them. That was where I realized, okay, he's definitely, definitely not, not dead yet. Yeah. Either that or he's Everybody. a really powerful ghost that everyone was able to see and interact with and touch. <laughs> Doubt it. <laughs> That's a little doubtful. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so. it took me until then to, to decide for sure. Nope, he's not dead. <laughs> yes. And then Go Maria on. enters, announcing that Richard has put their contracts up for question. And the cast just laughs. 
<laughs> I, I applauded and laughed so hard at that moment. Everyone in the main cast is willing to put their contrast at risk for j- just to do this Lear with Charles. Right. Now that they all know the truth. Uh, that was so awesome. I love this group of people. I love this show. That was my favorite moment in the episode. Yeah. Yes, even if management is blocking, the show must go on, right? That's right. Yeah. Maria needs to open the house, but Jeffrey wants to hold house for Jerry, who then just shows again. Uh, you know, it's it's a it's a moment of brief conflict, and then someone shows up. Uh, Jerry does show up, just having been to the hospital, having his jaw un, unstitched, apparently, and not not wired, but uh, unstitched. He's ready for action, but sounds like Elmer Fudd. Yeah. Jeffrey casts about for options First he wants to use his therapist Then he wants to use Jerry walking through it With Maria yelling the lines Possibly uh, an apprentice Which would actually make sense But uh, oh. apparently there are no apprentices Because everybody that's, uh, that's on site Is already doing a role And there's not, not a whole lot of extra it's, They don't have a whole company of actors anymore mm-hmm. They just have this company of this particular show Right So he sees that he's the best one for the part, but insists that he cannot do it as Ellen pulls him aside. In the next scene, he's pacing around in Kent's costume, about to go on. Mm-hmm. Cyril says that he and Frank might retire from the theater, but Jeffrey is too freaked out to care. Really? Understandable? It's kind of sweet scene. Yeah. He's trying yeah. to calm Jeffrey down, and Jeffrey's like, dude, it's not yeah, happening. Sh- sh- shut up. I'm, I'm just... Yeah. Okay. Yep. I tried. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Places is called... And Cyril has to remind him that he's entering first. Uh, to, that Jeffrey has to enter first. Jeffrey emerges, gets half his line out, and then freezes through the next few lines. And then there's some brilliant acting. Oliver confronts Jeffrey on this, mercifully inside his mind's eye, so he can talk to Oliver without the whole audience watching this happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Oliver says he's going to offer some assistance. We see Charles in the wings and a delightfully disorienting swish pan to Ellen as Cyril attempts to forge ahead. He does a good mm-hmm. job. Yes, he's doing fairly mm-hmm. well at uh, moving past quick, the line that misses. Quick yeah. anecdotes, yeah. theater related. You can tangent about me if, if you want. No, go ahead. Do you remember no, uh, Three Sisters it. when I got stuck on stage? No. Because my oh, cue didn't uh, Yes, come? I do. I do remember now. Do you remember that? <laughs> yes. It was, yeah, Three Sisters. I was on Fisa, the old maid. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, the old maid, get that. And uh, I was waiting. My There was a uh, call that was supposed to come from, it was from stage uh, left, and it didn't come. And it didn't come, and I was supposed to leave the stage, and everybody's waiting me, for me to leave. And I think I just kind of mumbled and shuffled off. I think but, you started cleaning. <laughs> did I start cleaning? You started cleaning, and you sort and of walked, shuffled off. Walked, walked, you know, but, yeah, the cue just didn't stage. come. It didn't come. It didn't come. So Yeah, I believe yeah. I was off stage, so I didn't actually witness. You know, I, I, I heard you talk about it right afterwards. Yeah. Because we hung out backstage a lot while you were... Uh, all you were not on. I know. That's where we got to know each other. I know. So okay. Anyway, right. that's it. But it's scary when that happens. Yeah. Yes, that's not a tangent, Bell, because it's about us. That's totally. And theater. Mm-hmm. And theater. And us. Sure. I want to kiss you. No. Oh. <laughs> I'm drinking guess. coffee. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> So then what happens? So then what happens? Uh, Oliver points out that if Jeffrey fails, that Charles wouldn't even get to see the first line of the show. And then he points out that Jeffrey knows the part. Jeffrey takes a deep breath, gets a line out finally, and Charles enters. Maria is relieved and hopes that the next lighting transition won't blow their power supply. 
Which I you know, remember quite well from lighting class and you know, how, how you have your electrics wired and they're definitely improvising their electrics. Mm-hmm. I've, I've done a little mm-hmm. bit of that. You remember the the splitter that went the wrong way? That was someone else. That was not you. <laughs> no, it was not me. I just yes. remember it. Yes, you're supposed to you're supposed to rig your splitter so that you take uh, one power supply and split it into two instruments, and not uh, a splitter that takes two power supplies and routes it into one instrument. That's a problem, and that will make the lighting instrument explode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was not designed by either of us. No, but no. Uh, rather. Uh, Temperamental and uh, and uh, not necessarily great uh, no. student. It was a very very bad plan. Yes. Later he broke his hand punching a dumpster, but not for the same incident. No. <laughs> and I can't even remember his name, so we don't have to ruin his uh, his uh, reputation. Barbara and Ellen perform together. Oliver says that Barbara isn't bad, and Ellen is also much better. Oliver tries to talk mm-hmm. Jeffrey through the next scene. But even though Jeffrey dismisses him, he insists that Jeffrey has it wrong. And then Jeffrey goes on performing as Ellen looks on happily. Next up, Los Perdidos are on with their rain sticks and sheet metal for the storm. And I did- Yep, I thought that was awesome bringing that back at the end. I went, oh wow, Nahum was right and was right all along. That is all you need. Go ahead, Paul. Yeah, I was going to. Uh, did anybody in South America try to sell you a rain stick? Bench. Me? No. Yeah. No. no. Oh, okay. okay. They don't have. They didn't have a lot. Of, they had a lot of those little flutes. Ah. Okay, little panty flute things. Yeah, the pan flutes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you're no Zamfir, so. Well, I think the rain sticks are from um, the Amazon, and we were in the Andes Mountains. Ah, yeah. there you go. Yes. Very, the, uh, very different. The, the parts Aztecs. Of... The Aztecs, not yes. the Incans. Uh, no, not the Aztecs. Definitely the Incans is where we were. Yeah, no, yeah. you were in the you Incans. In the, the Aztecs were ah. the ones who developed the ah. Aztecs initially. Gotcha, gotcha. Yes, because so we actually Amazons. went to Machu Picchu. Yes. Machu Picchu. <laughs> he said it, so, so I'm, I'm say so it. jealous that you got to go there. I mean, I just think it was such such a wonderful mm. trip. I, I, it was very I touristy. Only, is it we really? We went to uh, oh. Lake Titicaca. That was way better. Was that uh, better? Yeah. That's a funny I name. mean, Machu Picchu is nothing but a bunch of Americans. Really? That's yeah. disappointing. Yeah. Oh well, but I guess that gets, that gets them a lot of money. Yeah, I, it's popular. And they probably need it, and yeah. Uh, incidentally, I do have an aside for an aside note right now. Anyway, so that this helps that we're already on a little minor, almost tangent. Uh, the actor William Hutt played Lear many times, including uh, performing opposite Susan Coyne, who plays Anna. As she played Regan against him at Stratford. Mm. But the scenes in Slings and Arrows are the only known film of him playing Lear. Oh, wow. Hmm. So, Is he still alive? No, he, 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 he passed he away. He died at the end of this episode. That's right. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, William Hutt passed away of leukemia um, about, about six to eight months after this uh, final episode was shot. So he actually and, did have cancer, but I but I I do not know for sure whether that was a known illness that he that the, whether he was diagnosed at the time or not, and I have right. found no reference to it, so it's possible that he did not know, or it was not spoke of because he needed to finish the gig. Wow, coincidence. Mm-hmm. No, I suspect that it was. I suspect that it would have been you know cited afterwards mm-hmm. after his passing if it was true, but uh, I I think it probably was undiagnosed. He was probably suffering from cancer while playing a cancer patient. And just was tired and. But didn't know. Yeah. Just you know, you, know, you get old, you get tired no matter what. No, so. Oh, I know that. I'm exhausted. <sighs> so on so that. So we're gonna uh, get better from here. Yes, happy notes, happy notes all around. Oh. <laughs> 
Oliver the Dead Man claims that <laughs> sorry the Dead Man claims that he said once that a tin sheet and a great actor was all he needed. I'm sorry if I stole a quote there. I, I couldn't Aww. I couldn't I couldn't think of a way to do it. That's okay. All right, sorry. But uh, it's true. And Jeffrey scoffs at him about it. Uh, says that he would have mm-hmm. definitely uh, been uh, using big sound effects and playing games with Charles's mind. Well, Oliver mm-hmm. says that this is the uh, same old argument and uses a quote that I won't say. Escapes with Jeffrey's next cue. Jeffrey has a cue he has to go on, so Oliver gets away with uh, the comment. Barbara and Ellen are now you know, fully into the show. They seem to be fully reconciled. They're having a good time. And uh, mm-hmm. Sophie performs her monologue as as uh, Paul watches from the wings and Frank behind him expresses what he's thinking. Jeffrey and Oliver bicker some more, but they do stop to hear Charles in his performance. And Oliver decides it's time to leave. Mm-hmm. Jeffrey struggles with how to take it, but he has no choice. He's on again. And that is their parting. Mm-hmm. It sure is. I figured Not out... Mm-hmm. Go ahead. It took me until almost an hour after the episode had finished, but I figured out uh, earlier this season, uh, one of the main plot threads was, why is Oliver still around as a ghost, and what is this higher purpose to fulfill? Mm-hmm. And right. it was set, and we were set up that it was, that higher purpose was giving... Um, uh, Charles the chance to go on stage one last time and play King Lear and fulfill his dying wish. But after this scene, I think it was twofold. That, to let give Charles a chance to be to act one last time and get Jeffrey on stage again. Mm-hmm. Let us it, it it occurred to me, this is the first time Jeffrey's acted on stage since that performance of Hamlet where he went crazy. Since then, he's done nothing but direct. Right. This is, and I don't think everyone who knows him well knows it, this is his return to the stage. Back yeah. on the horse. And I just, mm-hmm. Yep, you beat, 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 beat me to that. That is a, uh, a uh, popular uh, interpretation. <laughs> oh, okay. I was, I was about to say it. <laughs> oh, okay. But, but that's good. That's good. Yeah, I'm glad good that you job. came Got out it. with it. I'm glad you came out with it. Very um, good. Yes, very good. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, so Jeffrey doesn't know how to take it, but he has no choice to take it any particular way. He's on the stage again. Charles then plays Cordelia's death, and as Maria calls the last lights transition, we see Oliver mouthing the lines along with Charles. That that got to me. Did that get to you? That mm-hmm. got to me. It was supposed to, but yeah. it did, did well. Yeah. Oliver seems to uh, gaze heavenward and then back to you know, Earth, and then he turns and mm-hmm. fades away. That was a really good piece of acting there. Yeah, I liked that. The play ends and we get one last mislead as Charles plays dead a little bit longer than he should uh, before the curtain call. That was that was awesome too. It's yeah, like, it was oh funny. look, he mm-hmm. did that. But did he really? And then Yeah, I mean it would have been almost was, it would have been a little bit too cliche if he died like, right too then. Hokey, yeah. yeah, but it was yeah. pretty good. Mhm. Had me fooled. Yeah. But then he speaks and he Gestures positively to Sophie, and everyone's happy. Jeffrey and Ellen embrace in the wings, and Jeffrey's happy as well. He's found his inspiration all once again. His inspiration? Mm-hmm. Found his inspiration. <laughs> Rather, following up on that, they have to do the curtain call. 
And Ellen says the answer is yes, apparently forcing his reluctant hand into consideration of marriage, I assume. Mm-hmm. Odd. Mm-hmm. A little, yeah. Mm-hmm. Paul and Sophie find a quiet room, and Paul lets his lips do the talking. Right, wait, I mean... <laughs> yeah, you called that lip, sorry. There you go. Or maybe he was talking with his tongue, I don't know. But let lips do what hands do. There you go. But it turns out to be Charles's dressing room. And then after they... <laughs> so, you know, a nice moment. They get to uh, interact one last time, and then they depart. Charles looks in his mirror, sees Oliver, and passes on. Yeah. Uh-huh. Richard tries to talk around that he's firing Anna, but she wants him to do it and come out right, right out with it and do it. He insists that he's not firing her, but she comes through and says how she really feels, and I'm definitely not spoiling that quote just now. Yeah, that was a good quote. After which he's hurt and tells her to move on. Go clean out your desk. Yeah. In the way of epilogue, uh, McTeague, Dr. McTeague, has... Uh, Jeffrey mock talk to Oliver again. He's really mocking at this mock talking to Oliver at this point this time. And uh, before McTeague wraps it up, he declares his love for Oliver and wishes he was there. And McTeague says he has a mm-hmm. wedding to minister. There's a couple of things before we <laughs> jump into that. Sure. Yeah. Um, so Jeffrey's telling Oliver about what's happening, how Richard is going to direct Oklahoma and go through all of Rogers and Hammerstein or whatever. Mm-hmm. Is that are those bad plays? They're musicals. They're, they're musicals. popular yeah. musicals. They're, they're all right. You know, they're... It's not Shakespeare. They're summer stock. It's a little hoity-toity, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, Oklahoma is considered the best best and and best in, in, and to, to a large extent first musical. Right. right. To be a major, uh, you know, a major show. Yeah. So it's, it's well regarded. And then, I don't know if you all noticed, but... Uh, this is after he stands up and before he folds up the chair, he takes off his trench coat, which he has worn the entire season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So actually, this episode, he's always in it, except, except when he's in costume. Yeah. 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 But he's always in that trench coat, so he finally took his costume off. Mm-hmm. I guess that was to shed, mm-hmm. like, a layer, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Good point. Mm-hmm. Good point. And I didn't think of that at all. And when I when I first watched it, I, I didn't I didn't interpret until the, until Jeffrey was working on his tie that uh, when McTeague said, I, you know, we got to move on. I got a wedding to minister. I didn't until he was working with his tie. I didn't work out that that was his wedding that they were going to minister that he was. Gonna oh minister. yeah. Well, isn't yeah, same it, here. all uh, Shakespeare's end in tragedy or wedding or something like that? One or the other. Pretty that's much. what that's what they say. And we get both. Tragedies always and, end with everybody dying, and comedies always end with someone getting married. Right. And yes, we do get both. And uh, basically, we we get Frank and Cyril doing one last new song for the credits at the bar for Jeffrey and Ellen's reception. Aww. And everybody's together and happy, except for one last shot with Richard on the outside of the glass. Well, he, oh yeah, I missed that. He huh. put himself there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's an asshole. Yep. I, I, I think it was post. I think it was post credit roll. Actually, was that after? Was, that, that was not at the very end. Yes, of, it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was. Mm-hmm. It was at the very end of the end That's credit song. I, I know this. Haven't the Marvel movies taught you anything, Ben? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not Howard the Duck, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a spoiler for Darcy. I know about it. Okay. I think I might know about that. I don't think you do. Okay. Uh, there were fourth season rumors. Uh, the, the, the show is over, uh, as we uh, as we've discussed. There were rumors of a fourth season briefly, 
at one point, Bob Martin tweeted that they were formulating the ideas for the fourth season to be based around Richard III. Hmm. But uh, very shortly afterward, when asked about that, he subsequently tweeted, uh, don't, tweet, don't drink and tweet. <laughs> Aww. Uh, there was an extensive <laughs> interview with the AV Club that I'll, uh, that I'll post up on this, on this posting as well as give to you guys on the, on the chat here in a, in a moment. Uh, really a long interview uh, where Bob Martin, Susan Coyne, and Mark McKinney all talk about their, their entire writing process and the entire production of the show. And I've actually referenced this very article to talk about the uh, Bolkowski technique, among other things, or the Bolkowski uh, exercise. Bob Martin, was he an actor in anything? Uh, well, aside from being the uh, the executive that has the epiphany in the first season. Um, oh, is he, he's the um, the accounting guy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay, I remember him now. He's the okay. accounting guy, uh, he, but he is mainly... Uh, He's mainly behind the scenes on Broadway. Uh, we, I, I think we covered it a little bit, but he basically he, he moved on to Broadway during the third season of the show. I, he, he finished writing it and then had to move on directly to Broadway. Yeah. Uh, as he said uh, in the, as he says in the interview, he had an appointment with Tony. Oh. Um, but yeah, he and he and uh, and uh, oh, I can't remember the actor. Why can't I, I? I only know him as Darren Nichols at this very second. But uh, right. He, he and that actor went and wrote The Drowsy Chaperone on Broadway. Oh, wow. Okay. And, That's uh, a big one. Yeah, and, uh, and Bob Martin played, uh, played one of the main characters in that. I think uh, Harry Potter was in that, right? At some point, yes, I think. Yeah. Daniel the Radcliffe? Most recent, yes. The most recent iteration of it. So, uh, yeah, he, he, they, they did that. Uh, more recently, he, he did the musical of Elf. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> so... Uh, yeah, they they have this they have this long interview where they talk about it, and they they do talk about the fact that uh, that the fourth season was never considered. Um, right. That basically they did they they did write it when they when they when they knew they were going to a second season they decided on a three three season structure, and it was definitely mm-hmm. that that structure that I mentioned as we went into this season that it's uh, that it was youth for the first, middle age for the second season, and old age for the third. Right, as sort of a mm-hmm. uh, as sort of a a, a linchpin mm-hmm. concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they did say that they are are collaborating again, uh, and this was an uh, this was an interview they actually did while we were doing our podcast um, in 2013, oh. right at the beginning of 2000 or in the middle of 2013. Uh, the AV Club had done a a rewatch, so they they watched for the first time the entire series and commented on every episode, and then following their series on on the uh, Show they interviewed all of the creators from this in this super long AV Club interview, but they are collaborating again. And at that point, they were not able to discuss much about it. Bob Martin said that it would be slings and arrows ish, but not slings and arrows. And they couldn't mm-hmm. talk about the rest of it because they were under uh, contract talks. Right. Interesting. So uh, there's that. So if you see if you see occasional articles on uh, on it on lines dating to about 2012 saying hey Slings and Arrows might have a fourth season that was Bob Martin's tweet that uh, gotcha that did that. Uh, I think that's all of the uh, all of the major points that I have. Are uh, we interested in further discussion or we want to quote? We can quote mm. quotes. I one before yeah one more thing yep. just that epilogue aw just aw I was expecting a bitter a bittersweet ending for this series and oh boy did I ever get it 
but I have to say it turned out to be a little bit more on the sweet side than I expected. I didn't really expect Ellen to and Jeffrey to get a happily ever after complete with wedding and moving away together, although I guess I should have since they are married to each other in real life. And we wrap up everything that I expected to wrap up. Um, Charles and Oliver's plot lines wrapped up the way I expected. I was surprised, and pleasantly so, by that Richard's going to continue on directing musicals. I thought that was a really nice touch. I really liked that part. Okay, those are my final thoughts on that last scene. Yeah, Shall I, we? Oh, sure. Go ahead. You know, the, uh, the, uh, the point on uh, Jeffrey and Ellen actually was another thing they said in the big interview was that another reason they wouldn't do a fourth season is because they didn't think they could, they could credibly pull them apart and put them back together again by the end of another season without it being uh, yeah. you know, just ridiculous, predictable and yeah. ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I absolutely agree with that, too. <clears throat> So, shall we quote? Who wants, uh, who wants to go first? Who has the least? Let's see. We've got a bunch. Okay. Well, the only one that I really wanted to note was, I think it's Frank, who said, this year I made it to Broadway. And I thought that was really sweet. That he, you know, had been struggling for 40 years or whatever and actually got to go do the quote-unquote top-notch part of theater acting in his mind so yeah i mean many would say that uh that the stratford or the new burbridge would be the top of acting in terms of what they're looking for but yeah they they did get to be commercially commercially recognized as well as uh, right i thought that was good yeah that's it i only have two can i go next yeah sure that one of them is one of them you already said it was of the exchange between Ellen and Jeffrey? The answer is yes. It's always been yes. To what? You'll find out. <laughs> and then early, at the very beginning, when uh, Richard and Jeffrey are arguing about the, after the insurance talk, Jeffrey says, oh, would you both stop being so upset for me? Mm-hmm. It's very upsetting. Those are the only two quotes I wrote down. Mm-hmm. My favorite one is it's it's only two words and I mean I guess it's not my favorite but I just it it was something that really made me laugh um and caveman it's <laughs> pretty funny at the time yeah totally yeah I thought it was funny too uh Maria I see if you worked your, I see you've worked your dark artistry again save it Jeffrey it's called theft <laughs> <laughs> that's good. She was just airing out the costumes. Right. Uh, and Richard, I, I, right, right near the end when uh, Richard was trying to talk to Anna about how he's not firing her, says, uh, you're upset, so I think that invalidates your opinion. <laughs> Which was amusing. Yeah. yeah. In its callousness. And then, oh, and then Anna... Um, you came so close, Richard, to becoming a human being, but you lost your soul, and now you're just a fool. And that just—that totally just encompasses the whole season. Yep, totally does. It was interesting to watch him go down in flames. Yeah, he was all by himself. He was the reason why I wanted to watch this show because Mark McKinney was in it. Right. And he ended up being such a Dink. nasty character. But he didn't Dink is mean a good word. Yes, he, That's the thing. Is he didn't mean to be. That wasn't an on purpose. 
He just kept uh-huh. falling into it, and, and he couldn't he, and, stop himself. Mm-hmm. And even a lot of his nastiest things that he did were were pushed on him by someone else uh, yeah. suggesting that he do it. It's kind he of was, like a drug addict. He wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't able. <laughs> he wasn't quite able to just form his own opinions very much. It was always someone else saying, "Hey, you really ought to do this. You ought right. to do that." Right. Someone whispering in his ear saying, "This is what you got to do now." Right. Well, that sucks. Which is not, which is not any, which is not any bigger of a credit to his character. It's not. Yeah. Uh, it's not redeeming that he doesn't have his own opinion and only listens to other people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I just have the uh, have Charles's last line, Oliver. Any notes? Aww. Which was very yep. very sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. Since he said he he said he only had one performance in him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he knows. But he he really likes and respects Oliver a lot. Mm-hmm. That was a very sweet last line. And I, and I did I did like that. I, it, it seemed like it would be cliche if if Charles had actually died where he was faking it. But it didn't feel trite when it actually happened after. Afterwards. No, no, it absolutely did. It was like he had done what he needed to do, and so he was going mm-hmm. to go. So it's interesting that the timing, like. Like I said, the mis- the mislead worked to 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 offset the, you feeling that it was cheesy later. I guess maybe right. And then I don't know. Yeah, don't absolutely. you don't you think that every soul hopes that they get to kind of control how that goes? I mean, sure. Oh yeah. Wouldn't that be absolutely. Nice to just be like, okay, I'm done. I'll see y'all later. You know. Yeah. That would be awesome. But yeah. I, don't, mm-hmm. I don't think you get that choice usually. Not typically. But we would all like to think that we do. Uh, are we uh, are we ready to rate this? Sure, I've got some ratings. <laughs> I've got oh, a that's rating. What you were jotting down with some ratings. Yes, schemes. I know. That's what I do while we talk. It comes to me. And then you do I the rating schemes while you're jotting it down. Okay, yeah. I get it. Is there anyone who wants to rate first? I will go last. I can go first. Okay. Go. He's got one. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that this was uh, actually probably definitely the best episode of this season. Yeah. Um, it definitely tied up a lot of stuff. I had some issues with this season compared to other seasons, but I liked the way that this one ended, particularly that uh, that the whole time when, when Oliver and Jeff are like, you know, uh, this isn't really about us, is it? And he's like, no, it never was. And, you know, I kind of liked that it was kind of a little bit of a misdirect, that kind of thing. So I think I'm going to give it 9 out of 10 um, rain sticks and 10 sheets. So, <laughs> there we go. Very clever. Now I'm down to one. Uh, ah. <laughs> well, I don't. Go ahead. Well, go ahead and do yours. Okay. Um, I'll, and I, I'll be third. This again, time. I really, really enjoyed uh, enjoyed this episode. I, I enjoyed the season for the most part. Um, there was a part, you know, a, a stretch in the middle where I just was like, "Oh, come on, let's hurry up and get on with this." Um, but you know, it did, I knew that the end was coming. I knew this was it. Um, and they wrapped it up nicely for me, tied it with a little bow. Um, and I will give it, um, nine out of 10 stolen costumes. All right. Good choice. Yep. For the same reason, mostly the same reasons everyone has said, I'm pretty, I'm very happy with the ending. And I wrote in my notes, I love this episode so much. Nine out of 10 wedding bouquets. And uh, of course, you know I I am a big supporter of the show. Obviously, having uh, having formed this podcast around it and everything, um, it actually took me uh, it took me a rewatch to to really uh, I mean not not this rewatch but a previous rewatch to uh, to really get a feel for this episode and really enjoy it. I, I I think I was a bit too bummed out about the uh, the regime change and everything the very first time I watched it. 
but in retrospect, uh, after watching it again at some point there, I, I really uh, got the episode. Uh, and I'm going to give it a uh, 9 out of 10 troubles with my edition. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I like that, Paul. Should we rate the whole um, series as a whole? Oh. I think I would mm. give it a 7 out of 10. Uh, I don't know, Oliver Skulls or something. But as a whole, <laughs> like Slings and Arrows, all three seasons. I mean, it wasn't like mind-blowingly awesome like Star Trek The Next Generation or even Lost. <laughs> but it wasn't like horrible either. So I'm going to yeah. give it around a seven. It was entertaining. Yeah. Um, I really, I did enjoy a lot of it. Um, but like I said, there were some points where it was just... You mean know, the second season? Um, second, <laughs> second season and then... Parts of this season, it's I just wanted season. them to quick wrap it up because I was, so I was getting, I was honestly getting bored with part of it. Yeah. Um. So I'll, I'll give it a seven and a half. Um. Uh. Trusty stage managers. It's got a one up me, don't you, Darcy? Mm. No, it wasn't a one up. I, I think I honestly liked <laughs> I it a little better than you. Probably because of personal connection. But yeah, there yeah. were a lot of things that bothered me at points, and then. Mm-hmm. There was the really honestly when it slows down like that, I it, it loses me quick. You know that's just, that's right, just yeah. me. So. Amy, all right. I am probably going to. I'm not sure whether I should go with seven point five or eight. I was going to go with seven point five originally, though we'll so I, I think I'll stick with that because I yeah I enjoyed the season. There were some parts I didn't like. Like there was an awful lot of. Richard and Ellen being horrible to other people. Yeah. Which any episode or any scene with that, as we've discussed, turns me off automatically. Um, But now I have to think of a thing to rate it with. I will. Well, go ahead and do your rating. I'm sorry. I hadn't thought of that one. Well, you just, you thought, you made me think of something. It's like this season, I didn't hate Ellen. Like, the hmm. first two seasons, especially yeah. season two, I just could not yeah. stand Ellen. You're right. And I think because Barbara was Yeah, you there. got to transfer it to Barbara. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and that didn't That's bother right. me. You know, I could split it between the two, I guess, maybe. And then all the shittiness of, with Richard, especially this last two episodes. Or ever since he started being called Big Dick. Right. You know. <laughs> well. And when it was, like, being wildly inappropriate with Anna, that's pretty much when I yeah. transferred all my hatred to him away from Ellen. Like... I, she didn't bother me this season. But she did a lot of standing up. For, I mean, she she, she did a, she did a little bit of uh, speaking for the cast to some extent, but it was more more supportive of the process and more supportive of the people involved yeah. than right. than mm-hmm. Barbara was willing to go. Right. And then and then theater ish defending defending the uh, concept of the of the cast and the crew being a a, a unit right. uh, against Barbara's uh, attacks, basically. Right. And she, All right, Amy. She oh, was, sorry. She was just more humble this this season. Yeah. Right. Seven point five. What? Um, pretentious artistic directors. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> uh, I'd have to. I'm gonna have to go eight point five. There was definitely unevenness in the in the series. I mean, obviously, I came in. I came in as a big fan of Paul Gross. It was a recommended as you like, uh, if you like, on the Men with Brooms DVD on uh, Netflix. And uh, so I came in as a big Paul Gross fan, had the added bonus of Mark Bikini, and uh, so I was prepped to like it, and it was, it was about theater, which I have some passing uh, involvement with. Uh, and then, I, I, you know, despite its unevenness, I really just enjoyed watching all these people work together 
Nice. And I think the, the, I think even though there was some unevenness, I think it benefited from having a core every single episode, three people writing every episode, the same team, only three of them, and then it had only one director for all of the episodes of every season. Mm-hmm. So it had a real unity of vision, and then um, and then just the uh, the sort of the British miniseries structure of only six episodes in a season. I think it, I think it had a lot of benefits in all of that. Uh, I'll give it an eight point five uh, Frank and Cyril's. Oh, good choice. All right. So that's uh, eight Franks and nine Cyril's, maybe. <laughs> if it's eight point five Frank and Cyril's. There you go. There you go. All right. Well. Um, yeah, well, I mean, we could wrap it up. Uh, I'll, I'll do the, the, the other thing off pod. Um, so uh, I'll probably even edit out that I'm doing an, uh, another thing off pod. This has been the uh, the Ghostlight Podcast, and you have watched with us, hopefully, the entire series of Slings and Arrows that has ever been and ever will be. I hope that you've enjoyed it as much as I have enjoyed uh, walking through it with our uh, cast of newbies. I hope that our Cast of Newbies, has, it's clear our cast of Newbies has enjoyed it. And uh, personally, I just want to thank everyone for listening and uh, hope that you'll uh, continue to uh, find the various of us online somewhere. Are we going to mention websites? We already, Ben, you already mentioned yours on well, soundcloud.com uh, slash yeah, yeah, living yeah. on the air. Where else, where else can we find you, Ben? Anywhere online. I'm living on the air. Twitter, uh, uh, enumerationpodcast.tumblr.com is my other podcast. Uh, yeah, find me. I'm there. I'll find you. All right, Amy. And I'm a- and I'm Amy Bowen on a lot of places online, mainly Twitter, as I've said before. I have a kind of unofficial challenge going to get a first get a podcast feed up by October 1st but I don't know for sure if I'm going to do it or not. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm going to name it, but I do know that it will con- that it will contain fantasy fiction as most of its um content at least in the beginning. Great. Um but anyway, I do own I I went with ameliabowen.com because if I either publish or self-publish books that's what's going to be on them because i like the way it sounds yes yeah. but there's nothing there yet yes but well, there should be well, but, soon but best of luck with the uh with the podcast yeah, launch good job. absolutely thank you very much so i'm not promising i'm only tentatively saying you'll get it worked out but i'm gonna try to get it worked out you will well if you've uh found- thanks darcy yeah, yes if you found us on uh, quadruplez.com, uh, you will also be able to find our other podcast. Darcy and I do a podcast, an intro cast on the television series Supernatural called Idgitcast. And that is, again, available at quadruplez.com. And you can search for it on iTunes. That will be going for quite some time into the future as we are only in the first season. Plenty of time for people to catch up. Yeah, I get to be your sidekick again. How fun. You're not my sidekick. You're my teammate. Ah, sidekick. It's all good. <laughs> uh, is there any place else that you'd like people to find you, or is that about it? Ah, under a rock. Under a rock, of course. Or with my hand up a lady's dress. <laughs> or with your hand up a lady's dress, as, as traditionally cited. Mm-hmm. Huh. What do you know? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Iris. Or under the water. Or under the water, which is really scary when your daughter says sometimes... You know, Mommy, you're not dead right now, but someday you will be. (laughs) (laughs) Under the water. Under the water. She scares me.
She's going to drown you. Now. I know. I know. No more swimming in the pool. As soon as I get big enough. That's right. Oh, I'm in trouble. All right. Okay. Well, uh, I'll allow everyone to say goodbye and wrap up at the last. So, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Good night. Good night, sweet so podcast. Long, farewell. Auf Wiedersehen. Good night. Oh, so <laughs> and you. And you. And you. And you. <laughs> All right. Goodbye, folks. Goodbye from Elk River. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. 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 You scholars of English, one question I'll ask. To answer, you won't find a difficult task. Of Shakespeare's great heroes, which one would you pick? To award him first prize for being totally tick. Othello, you know, was a gullible dupe. And Hamlet's delaying landed him in the soup. But the stupidest moron in all of Shakespeare was that old king of England, the man they call Lear. Three daughters he had in the course of his life, although we're not told what befell his poor wife. I'll bet she ran off to avoid going insane after years of enduring that pompous old pain. The Ghostlight Podcast and many other fine podcasts can be found at quadruplez.com. You can send your own feedback to us in a number of ways. We are on Twitter at GhostlightPC. Find us at facebook.com slash groups slash ghostlightpodcast. Please keep discussion there spoiler-free. If you want to comment on future episodes, the newbies don't check the phone or email. Call our voicemail line, 206-309-9389. Or email us, theghostlightpodcast at gmail.com. Theme song for Season 3 is King Lear by Brendan Nolan off his Songbrook CD. Music and lyrics by Con O'Driscoll. And is used by permission from both songwriter and performer. Find all of Brendan Nolan's music at www.brendannolan.com. At the Donkey and Crown, where he drank every night, the locals all knew poor old Lear wasn't bright. When they said, Your Royal Highness, we love and revere, the old fool lapped it up and bought everyone beer. At the age of fourscore and in fear of expiring, King Lear told his girls he intended retiring. Of loss of his faculties, sadly he moaned, as if he could forfeit what he'd never owned. He said that his kingdom he planned to partition, provided his daughters fulfilled one condition. Before I hand over this rich legacy, you must tell me how much you admire me, said he. Now the two eldest daughters named Goneril and Regan knew well what he wanted, so promptly they began to swear how they always did love and respect him. They thought that the sun rose each day from his rectum. Be careful, the dragonflies are swarming. They might carry you away. You gotta yes, unlock, unlock it. it. Flip the lock. <laughs> Is that better? Now go do that to your bedroom window, and if you can't do it, ask Fox to help you. Okay, Iris. Go on now. Oh, she's not going to her bedroom. She's just going to stay on the couch. Okay. okay. All right. Tangent Bell, we have a daughter. No, just kidding. <laughs> we will edit that out. Yeah, we can't throw her out. It's not even cute and, and, uh, and post-showable. No, it was kind of a little annoying, but it's all right. Monday. I'm hot. Mm-hmm. Hot.
Get naked. Right. <laughs> Sorry. That is post-showable. Yes. Says Cardelia, the youngest, being honest and true. Can't you see, Dad, they're taking the piss out of you. King Lear lost a head and began to scream at her, but still she refused her ill father to flatter. In a rage, the bowler says, I swear on my honour, I'll split my estate between Reagan and Conroll. I've nothing for Delia, no land nor finance. She can pack her belongings and shag off to France. If that's not bad enough, that pathetic old jerk left himself without home, without income or perk. The two vixens took all, and their dad, the old dunce, was to lodge in their houses in alternate months. These daughters, of course, were both nasty old shrews, but in fairness, King Lear gave them every excuse. His boiled eggs were too hard and his gravy too thin, or he got too much tonic and not enough gin. So they both found their dad an unbearable bore. Ere the first want was finished, they showed him the door. In those far-off days, there was no county home, so old Lear, like a tramp round the country, did roam. Up to this he was lacking in guile and in craft, but now the old geezer went totally daft. He ran through the fields and he crawled through the bogs, he was screaming and howling and barking at dogs. But in spite of his false and ridiculous foibles, he still had a band of devoted disciples. Young Edgar was there and the loyal Duke of Kent, and a man called the fool, quite a sensible gent. One other wayfarer I lad to this roster, twas Edgar's blind father, the old Duke of Gloucester. He disowned his son, who he thought was untrue. In fact, Lear and himself were of equal IQ. Then they heard the news as they wandered all over. Cordelia arrived at the ferdy in Dover. Being now Queen of France, she assembled an army, avenging her dad, though she heard he was barmy. So thousands of men in the battle were slaughtered, and victory it went to the two vicious daughters. But they never got to be powerful and rich, overcome as they were by a lecherous itch. For Edgar's half-brother they both wished to own, the same man for the power of his pelvis was known. So one of them poisoned the other one's lager, then did herself in with a seven-inch dagger. Can you guys, uh, either Amy or, or Darcy, can you sing the... Um Two opening theme songs, I the Hamlet hands. song and the McLeod song. You answer, you won't find a difficult task. I have to. Oh, pick this my is the King Lear one. Yeah, the Lear one. Wow, you're yeah. good. I just remember Hamlet. Hamlet, what's that story? Something, 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 something. Yeah, and I remember Macbeth is crazy. Something. Duncan has a dolly. Yeah, it's Prince, Prince Malcolm. Malcolm is a dolly. Yeah, Malcolm is a dolly. <laughs> They've got an apple, had... something and something yeah. dead. Yeah. Wow, that's, that's all fun. I think Fox knows it better. Fox still <laughs> sings. I heard him singing it the other day. I went, do I have to ring this bell? No, this is totally on topic. <laughs> no, this is totally. This is yeah. going. Where, where does this go? Does this go after the after the credits? Does this go? Uh, you I, are the editor in chief. I'm just, you know, retrospecting. This is the last uh, podcast episode, so. Yes. I know. Yeah. I don't. That makes me sad. I'm not going to think about that part. Okay. Well, if we wanted to, there's one more movie that we could cover that would be on topic. Well, <laughs> but that's we'll discuss that in the later, future, sir. Yes. Okay. 
Since tragedies must have their audiences crying, there followed a terrible outbreak of dying. Edgar stabbed his half-brother, that Davies L. Crook, and the shock killed his daddy, that's Gloucester's old duke. Cordelia was hanged by a treacherous jailer. Lear died when it struck him that he was a failure. If he only had snuffed it a few years before, he'd have saved everybody all this suffering and gore.